Blog Talk Radio. Hey, 
Mom wants to redo the key. Oh, man. Oh, sorry, folks. Just, uh... been introduced to Caitlyn Jenner this week, but all the way back in 2009, Family Guy, Stewie Griffin, confidently declared that the man they know, then known as Bruce Jenner, was a woman. In one, in one clip that's making the rounds again this week, Stewie's remarks of Brody Jenner, I can't believe that came out of Bruce Jenner's oh, yeah. private parts. Yeah. But anyway, this is, this is, this is. where they are. 
and they stay in the ear of enough of the folks in Washington that it has made it almost impossible to get any kind of change. The only way we get change is when enough people in this country say, I'm mad as hell and I'm fed up and I'm not going to do this anymore. You are not going to go back and represent me in Washington, D.C. if you are not willing to pass a meaningful infrastructure bill, if you are not willing to refinance student loan interest rates and stop dragging in billions of dollars in profits off the backs of kids who otherwise can't afford to go to college, if you don't say you're going to fund the NIH and the NISF because that is our future. We have to make these issues salient and not just wonky. When you hear us talk about this and you say, this is like the wonkiest conference ever. Can you imagine saying that at a tech conference? When you say this is the wonkiest conference we've ever had, no. These have to be the things that you wake up people all over America and say, what matters? For whether or not you're going to have a job, whether or not you're going to have a retirement, whether or not your kids are going to have any chance to build a future for them, it's got to be about these core issues, and we got to talk about them, talk about them enough until there's some real change in this country. That's all I know to do. Talk isn't going to do any good, lady. What? Talk doesn't do any good. It has to be action. Well, she got, she got into the Senate. Well, she got into the Senate. That's true. And what can she do down there? Nothing. Well, at least she's raising hell. Yeah. And she's, at least she's a mouth against that TTB. Boy, I, I hope she can do something. See, WikiLeaks exposes Obama's fake trade deal. That says only five of the 29 chapters are actually about trade. That's true. Yeah. It's about giving up all your rights. Yeah. It's not uh, a trade deal. And it says, and this is truth in action. uh, Julian Assange, founder of WikiLeaks, gives us an example of as to how corporations will literally run our country. I thought they already did. If a public hospital is built close to a private one owned by a participating corporation, the private hospital can sue the country for anticipated losses. The corporation is king and can even make claims based on expected future losses, not actual losses. Making all of this even more horrific is the fact that once it's signed, it's very difficult for a country to get out of it because it's a multinational agreement. One would have to go back to the negotiating table with 12, with 11 other nations to make any changes. WikiLeaks released today the investment chapter from the secret negotiations of the TPP agreement. The document adds to the previous WikiLeaks publications of chapters for intellectual property rights and the environment. The TPP investment chapter published today is dated the 20th of January, 2015. The document is classified and supposed to be kept secret for four years after the entry into the force of the TTP agreement or if no agreement is reached for four years from the close of the negotiations. So it's all secret. Julian Assange, WikiLeaks editor, said, the TPP is developed in secret an unaccountable supranational court for multinationals to sue states. 
In other words, corporations can sue your country. This system is a challenge to parliamentary and judicial sovereignty. Similar tribunals have already been shown to chill the adoption of sane environmental protection, public health, and public transport policy. Current TPP negotiation member states are the United States, run by corporations, Japan, run by corporations, Mexico, run by the United States corporations, Canada, run by corporations, Australia, run by corporations, it's all of them. Malaysia, Chile, Singapore, Peru, Vietnam, New Zealand, and Brunei. The TPP is the largest economic treaty in history, including countries that represent more than 40% of the world's GDP. The investment chapter highlights the intent of the TPP negotiation parties led by the United States to increase the power of global corporations by creating super supranational court or tribunal where foreign firms can sue states and obtain taxpayer compensation for expected future profits. These investor state dispute settlement tribunals are designed to overrule the national court system. ISDS tribunals introduce a mechanism by which multinational corporations can force governments to pay compensation if the tribunal states that the country's laws or policies affect the company's claimed future profits. In return, states hope that multinationals will invest more. Oh, yeah, right. How about Connecticut? We want we want to tax you. We're leaving your state. Yeah, yeah. We're taking our football yeah. and going home. We don't like your laws. We've been here 50 years. Mm-hmm. And gotten all kinds of kickbacks and, and now, paybacks. And now, you want and, to, now you want us to hand stuff something over? So, and so. our CEOs shouldn't have to pay anymore because they deserve to earn $60 billion or how much they earn. they earn. million or whatever the hell they earn. So we're not playing in your playground anymore. Yeah. That's their attitude. Yeah. We don't like the rules we're leaving. Yeah. It reminds me of the schoolyard bullies. That's all it reminds me of. Yeah, well, those, those three, those Aetna, Aetna uh, GE, yep. and uh, United Technologies. Uh-huh. I mean, those three are the biggest that we have in the state. And together, they came at, they came after everyone in the uh, in the house on that. They got all kinds of gimmies to be oh, here. Oh, my God, they're continually getting gimmies to be here, yeah. You know, Keep their rates at the same and just uh, just drop the subsidies and loopholes that they've got, you know? Yeah. That's what they've been saying for years, but they won't do it, you know? And uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's pretty damn sad. But um, negotiations anyway. for the TPP were initiated by Obama administration in 2013 and combined the TPP and the TTIP uh, will cover more than 60% of global GDP. The third treaty of the same kind, also negotiated in secrecy, is TISA, or on trade in services. Trade in services. And including the financial and health sectors. Covers 50 countries, including U.S. and all. Well, my God, isn't that something? You don't know anything about these things, do you? Uh, out of the out of these agreements are Brazil, Russia, India, and China. Yeah. They're smart. Stay out. Well, they said they their own. Maybe. Yeah. Russia, China. 
doing their own thing now. Very scary. So then we'll just be held hostage to these multinational corporations even more. Oh, yeah. And they'll, they'll want, we don't, we're not making enough money, so we're suing you for future profits. We run a lousy company. We bankrupt everybody. We pay our CEOs too much. They all have golden parachutes. But we're not making enough money, so we want more from you. You're interfering with our profits. I mean, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. I love it. I love when Lila gets fiery. Well, it's ridiculous, yeah, Leo. Yeah, you, you I mean, can't help yourself. what what kind of uh, fantasy land do these people think? You know, yeah. they it's, can do anything they want. They 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 think the like, rest of the the world is all on drugs. And no, you're right. They're just like completely. They don't care. Yeah. Goldman Sachs, uh, this, this, uh, I wanted to read this, because Fed likely to hike in September, but there are good reasons to delay Goldman Sachs. Oh, God. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Goldman Sachs chief economist Jan Hatzit said Tuesday that he is sticking with his forecast that the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates in September Though he said there were persuasive, persuasive reasons for the U.S. Central Bank to wait until 2016. Our forecast remains that the Fed Policy Committee will hike rates at the September meeting, but it remains a uh, close call. Um, although much of the weakness in the first quarter was spurious, substantial rebound is not automatic, he said. Um, there several arguments in favor of an early hike, but then he said, there are no signs the Fed needs to uh, hike rates to combat fi uh, financial instability. Um, in addition, the equilibrium interest rates. Yeah, the, the, the whole thing about this interest rate thing, okay, whether they increase it or not, if they increase it, all right? Yeah. It would help the. It would help the the the, the person retiring. It would mm -hmm. help the person that 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 you know, would they get more income? Okay. But if by not, by not, uh, by keeping it very low, it's starving out, okay? The elderly. The, the elderly. It's starving out the people that are saving. They're starting, starving them out, you know? And, uh, you know, they can't earn anything on their money, okay? In fact, uh, they even get taxed on it. Uh -huh. So it's like, uh, you know, it, it, it's very, very sad, and you see what they're doing. And, and by them holding back this rate, okay, is is all it's doing is killing everybody. Uh -huh. it's, it's killing. Well, people. they. You know, I we were operating with twenty one percent mortgage rates. You know, this country people were making money hand over fist. You know, and they were paying those rates. And you know why they were paying them? Because there was a housing boom. People, mm -hmm. you know, and the stuff. So it was a great time. But. Uh, Elizabeth, I am disappointed. Yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren blasts top financial industry overseer for failing the public. Yeah, the, uh, the, the chairman of the uh, SEC. Uh, he's an insider. Huh? Or is? she's an insider, whoever it is. Is a man or a woman? I can't tell. Yeah, it's a woman. Yeah. Oh. Securities and Exchange Commission White. head Mary Jo White is under renewed scrutiny Tuesday 
After Senator Elizabeth Warren published a blistering 13-page letter to the commissioner listing the various ways in which she says White has failed to keep her promises to Warren and other senators since being sworn in the spring of 2013. You have now been the SEC chair for over two years, Warren's letter says, and to date your leadership of the commission has been extremely disappointing. Warren's many criticisms fall into two primary categories. Most of them involve in how the SEC enforces existing rules. Warren also offers stiff feedback on White's influence on the agency's work writing new regulations for corporate America. When other agencies have taken a tough line over financial lawbreaking, Warren writes White has played the good cop, slipping the crooks a care package to limit the fallout for their misdeeds. The SEC grants a special status to certain large, long-tenured firms that allows them to speed up their work by reducing their regulatory compliance requirements. When a company on that list breaks the law, it's supposed to lose its special privileges. Such companies can apply for waivers to stay off the naughty list. White has indicated publicly that she wanted to toughen the agency's approach to waiver requests in cases where they might soften the impact of enforcement action. You know what? See, you know, she, she's, she's playing this, but she's, she's going to be there for, what, another year and a half? Mm-hmm. All right? And uh, then she's going to get a job with one of those major banks. Yeah. The revolving door, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's doing them favors, and then she'll get out there and make uh, half a million dollars a year. Yeah. But, uh, oh, uh, more than a half a million, half a billion probably. Well, whatever they whatever they hire her at as a consultant lobbyist, you know, and uh, move on from there. But anyway, I can't take this. It's very difficult. So anyway, turns out the SEC baby is really is really uh, a dud, and she is a dud. Okay, so let's go on. Let's see what else we got here. Okay. Uh, and that hurts working families and working people. That's what these people do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren is angry. Elizabeth Warren issues her best speech at Black GOP frontrunners. Oh, really? For attacking, for attacking middle America, probably. Well, let's see what she's going to do. She's not running, so she can say anything she wants. Middle class America. It's reasons like this that I'm I'm glad Elizabeth Warren will be staying in the Senate. With Republicans positioned to keep the House until twenty twenty two and the chances of Democrats retaking the Senate being slim to none, Warren is needed right where she belongs. Her fiery tenacity suits the people well in the chamber that is led by obstructionist Mitch McConnell. Warren's fiery rhetoric sparkled at a rally for Democrats in California where she single-handedly took to task all the GOP frontrunners and their disastrous outlook on American life. Calling Democrats the living spark in liberty, Warren pointed out that it's up to progressives to get out and vote if they want to see change. It's no wonder the man who introduced her said she was the... the fucking king champion of the people. <laughs> the F blank 
The senator from Massachusetts got right into telling the crowd that the epicenter of the political earthquake that flooded money to the top 10% was none other than Ronald Reagan. The very sound of his name drew loud boos from the audience. Yep. Her speech then turned the GOP to the GOP frontrunners, saying those policies trickled down economics didn't end in the 80s. Warren heavily criticized Scott Walker for his Reagan-inspired trickle-down economic theory, saying the notion that bigger breaks and better deals for those at the top allowed for Walker to cut 13% of the Wisconsin University budget. That's another exercise in Republican leadership, she continued. Cut taxes for the giant corporations and then say there's no money for anyone else. The criticism was even sharper for Senator Rand Paul and Jeb Bush, who she said took too many spins on the teacup ride across the street, referencing Disneyland. She called Paul's views on raising the minimum wage ugly because he tells them to shut up and be happy they have to work full-time for crap wages. Warren also pointed out something voters should never forget. All the things Republicans have attacked in the last 30 years, they were started by Reagan and supported by people like Rand Paul, Scott Walker, Ted Cruz, and Jeb Bush. They attacked wages, pensions. They attacked health care. They attacked unions. They attacked education. They attacked science. They attacked financial regulations. They attacked all the pieces that built America's middle class coming out of the Great Depression. Why? Why go after hardworking people? Progressive, listen to Elizabeth Warren. Get out and vote. Stop the people who want to continue 30 more years of this failed, trickle-down economic philosophy. Let this be the rallying cry after efforts failed in 2014. So much is at stake. Don't let it slip away. Let's play that. This is a real honor for me. Uh, you know, I've been lucky to introduce people that have been my idols, introduce people that uh, I heard of and never met. Uh, but this, this is a great, this is really a great pleasure to have her here. And as I kept thinking about what I would say, and you could say a lot, but I summed it up in words that would make my grandmother proud. She is the fucking champion of the American people.
uh, I know that Bernie Frank is going to be the uh, keynote speaker tonight. And so on behalf of my good friend Bernie and myself, we want to thank California for offering to host the Massachusetts Democratic State Party Convention in Anaheim this year. Really nice of you guys. Now, I've been told that when Senator Ted Kennedy used to come to speak to the California Democrats, that he would actually bring a mariachi band up on stage with him and sing to all of you. So I have to start this today by apologizing. My staff will not let me sing in public. We are all better off because of that. You know, it is good to be in California this morning, and it's not just because both of my kids and all three of my beautiful grandchildren live out here in California. Family. Now, I'm glad to be here because when I am looking for good, strong partners to fight alongside me for working families, I know I can count on California Democrats. Can I count on you? Yeah, good. You know, four years ago, just four years ago, some people thought that I ought to be running for the United States Senate. But I gotta tell you, I, I had no plans to run for office, I mean really. When my job setting up the new consumer agency was over, people asked me what I was gonna do next, and I told them, I'm going to Legoland. Uh, and it's true. I herded up the children and the grandchildren and the nieces and the nephews and did exactly that. But I wanna say, in running for the Senate, your senators were terrific to me. From the very beginning and every step along the way, they've been there with encouragement, with good advice, with friendship. I am very grateful to Diane Feinstein and Barbara Boxer. Very grateful. Thank you. I also owe a big debt to a California congresswoman. She is the top Democrat on the House Financial Services Committee, and that has put her on the front lines in the battle with Republicans as they try to help out their big-time Wall Street friends. We are all lucky to have such a tough fighter on our side. Thank you, Maxine Waters. Thank you. Yes, go, Maxine. Yes. And then there is our leader, or as I like to think of her, the once and future speaker. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's the best. Think about what it's like to stand up to the House Republicans day in and day out to fight back as they vote over and over and over again to repeal health care, over and over to roll back women's rights, over and over to undercut financial regulation. Nancy is caught in the worst sequel ever to Groundhog Day. But she fights for us 
on student loans, on protecting financial reforms, on defending America's workers. We're counting on you, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. And there's one more person that I want to give a shout out to. Your Attorney Uh General, Kamala Harris. I've got a long-term personal relationship with Kamala. When the housing bubble burst and Californians were hit particularly hard, I was working to set up the new consumer agency to protect people who'd been tricked and trapped by those lousy mortgages. I worked with Kamala up close and personal. We were in the trenches together, and the big banks were fighting us tooth and nail. That woman was fearless. And then, when I ran for the Senate, she showed up in Massachusetts and helped me build a victory. Kamala is a real friend, and I am deeply grateful to her. She's terrific. This country needs strong leaders like Diane and Barbara and Maxine and Nancy and Kamala. And I'll tell you why. And I'm not going to sugarcoat this. The game is rigged. Washington works great if you're a millionaire or a billionaire or a giant corporation. Washington works great if you can afford to hire armies of lobbyists and lawyers. But Washington is not working for California families, and it's not working for America's families. And we're here to change that. That's right. It wasn't always this way. For much of the 20th century, we built an America where, year after year, workers saw higher incomes. They bought houses and cars, and they got their own little piece of the American dream. We built opportunity, education for our kids, roads and bridges and power, so businesses could grow and get their goods to market and build good jobs here in America. Research so that we would have a giant pipeline of ideas that would permit our children and our grandchildren to build a world we could only dream about. Now, we weren't perfect. Women, blacks, Latinos, Asians, gays, And then they got to work. They attacked wages. They attacked pensions. They attacked health care. They attacked unions. They attacked education. They attacked science. (laughs) They attacked financial regulation. They attacked all the pieces that had built America's great middle class coming out of the Great Depression. Why? Why? Why go after hardworking people? Why go after seniors and students? Why? To give bigger breaks and more special deals to those at the top. Trickle-down economics was nothing more than political cover for helping the rich and powerful get richer and more powerful.
trample down economics, cut the legs out from underneath America's working class. And those policies didn't end just in the 1980s. I want you to just look at the Republicans who are running for president in 2016. Sometimes I listen to them and I think, whoa, you didn't go to Legoland. You went to Fantasyland. I mean, really? Some of these guys took one spin too many on the teacups ride just across the street. Last week, just last week, Jeb Bush said that the way we'll fix devastating problems in Baltimore is, wait for it, to blame the teachers. <laughs> now, that's an exercise in Republican leadership. Ignore a problem that needs fixing and then point fingers at the people who are actually trying to make it better. Yeah. Governor Scott Walker recently announced a $300 million cut to the University of Wisconsin system that is 13% of their public university system's budget and said, and I want to quote on this, this plan protects the taxpayers and allows for a stronger University of Wisconsin system in the future. There's another exercise in Republican leadership. Cut taxes for billionaires and giant corporations and then say there's no more money for anyone else. Don't believe me? Check out Rand Paul. Senator Rand Paul has justified voting against the minimum wage by saying, and I want to quote here, it's a fact, an economic fact, that when you raise the minimum wage, the people that are hurt the worst are minorities and kids. You've heard me correctly, hurt. And there's another exercise in Republican leadership. Crush people's opportunity then tell them how lucky they are to work full-time and still live in poverty. Tell them those low wages are good for their children. That's ugly. You know, the Republicans keep pushing the same ideas over and over pretty much no matter what kind of problem they're trying to solve. Addressing challenges in our cities, building our higher education system, no matter what problem they're trying to solve, the answer is always the same. Lower taxes for the rich and turn loose the biggest corporations to do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And what's been the result? Remember how we talked about just a minute ago from 1935 to 1980, the 90% got 70% of all income growth. Well, from 1980 to 2012, the era of Republican economic ideas, how much did the 90% get? 
answer? 90% got nothing, none, zero. All of the income growth went to the top 10%. This country isn't working for working people. It's working only for those at the top. That's not the American dream. That's the American nightmare. Now, we can whine about it, we can whimper about it, or we can fight back. Me, I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. Are you ready? That's right. And that's right. And here's the best part. It's not just us. America is ready to fight back. That's right. When we stand together, when we make it clear what we believe in, America is ready to stand with us. Why? Because this isn't just about politics. This is about values. This is about our vision of who we are and what kind of a country we're going to build. So let's remind ourselves what we get up for every day, what we believe in all the way down to our toes. We believe that the law applies to everyone, and that includes fancy executives and Wall Street banks. Accountability, we're willing to fight for it. We believe, we believe in science, that climate change is real and it is our moral duty to protect this planet so our children and grandchildren can survive. Yes, ma'am. And we're ready to fight for it. We believe that no one should work full time and still live in poverty and that means raising the minimum wage and we're willing to fight for it. We believe that workers have a right to come together, to bargain together, to fight as unions, and to rebuild America's middle class. And we're willing to fight for it. You bet. We believe that every kid should have a chance to get a good education without getting crushed by student loan debt. And we're willing to fight for it, yes. We believe that after a lifetime of hard work, seniors should retire with dignity, and that means protecting Social Security, Medicare, and pensions, and we're willing to fight for it. We believe that immigration has made this country strong, and that means comprehensive immigration reform, not later, now. And we're willing to fight for it. You bet. I can't believe I have to say this one in 2014. 
but we believe in equal pay for equal work and a woman's right to decisions over her own body. And we're willing to fight for it. Yes. Yes. We believe that equal means equal, and that's true in marriage, it's true in the workplace, and we're willing to fight for it. We believe America should not sign trade deals that benefit huge corporations and leave workers in the dirt. Corporations shouldn't be allowed to dominate secret trade negotiations. Before Congress votes on any trade deal, we want to see that trade deal out in public, and we're willing to fight for it. Do that. Now, I could go on like this all day. I could. just one more. Let me do just one more. We believe that corporations are not people. We will overturn Citizens United and we will make this great nation once again work for people. That's it. That's right. That's right. Yes. I know. I've only been in the Senate for a few years, but I'm not naive. I uh, call me a lot of things, but that's not one of them. I know Washington is a tough place, but I also know this. We don't win what we don't fight for. So that's why I'm here with you. We need Democrats. We need people who share our values, people who believe that we can build a future, not just for some of our children, but a future for all of our children. This next election, this next election is up to you. It's up to the people in this room because you, you are the heart and the soul and the living spark of the Democratic Party. You are the ones who will make change happen. So this one's for me, from my part to yours. I truly believe if we fight for our values, we will win. And I have only one question to ask you. Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to fight? Then we're going to win this. Ready to fight. Thank you for being here. Thank you. That was Elizabeth Warren. That's kind of a rousing speech she gave. I think she's, uh, she's there. I hope she can make a difference. Yeah, ultimate fighter. 
I agree with everything she said. I do too. Personally, I, I don't know if she, yeah. But she has to have people on her side. Yeah. Here's something that, that really bothered me when I read it. Warning, Tom's main products are not so natural. <laughs> You've been lied to again. No, not again. We've been using this for years now. And, uh, well, it has no fluoride in it. That's yeah, but it's got aluminum <laughs> and other things. Tom's main has become a mainstream brand among health-conscious consumers. Unfortunately, it turns out that most of these consumers are unaware of who owns Tom's of Maine and what ingredients Tom products contain. Well, this might be shocking to some, but Tom's of Maine isn't owned by Tom and is not Anymore. from Maine. In fact, it's, uh, it's owned by a well-known corporate giant, Colgate Palmolive of New York. In the United States alone, Colgate Palmolive's 35% share mostly relies on a patented gingivitis formula that uh, contains uh, trichalan, toxic chemical substance that reacts with the chlorine and tap water to become chloroform, a deadly... Uh, uh. Yeah, well, we don't use that. We don't use that, do we? What? Uh, that stuff that they're talking about, this uh, special uh, gingivitis formula. Well, it says it's in there. Yeah. Well, reasons to avoid Tom's of main products. Uh, contains aluminum. Without potassium, aluminum uh, used in uh, uh, a potassium alum uh, used in Tom's of Maine's product is a natural mineral salt made up of molecules that are too large to be absorbed by your skin. It is still not completely aluminum-free. It accumulates within the body so that the aluminum becomes more destructive with uh. increased age. Aluminum has been repeatedly linked to breast cancer, Alzheimer's disease, generalized permanent damage to the central nervous system, brittle bones, autism, infertility, and hormone imbalance. It contains zinc chloride, a dangerous substance, dangerous for the environment. Contains titanium dioxide, according to the Canadian Center. Uh, for the zinc is a quasi-harmful yeah. irritant. To the environment. I'm on yeah. to the next one. Oh, you're fine. Okay. Contanium, uh, contains titanium dioxide, according to the Canadian Center for Occupational Health and Safety. It's a human carcinogen. Titanium dioxide has recently been classified by the International Agency for Research on Cancer, possibly carcinogen to humans. And this evidence shows that high concentrations of pigment-grade powder and ultrafine titanium dioxide dust causes respiratory tract cancer in rats exposed by inhalation and intratracheal installation. Contains carrageenan. carrageenan. Uh, Downs of Maine puts carrageenan in its toothpaste, includes kids' toothpaste. This scientific peer-reviewed study showed found that food-grade carrageenan can cause gastrointestinal inflammation, ulcerations, lesions, and even colon cancers in laboratory animals. It contains sodium lauryl sulfate. Oh, the SLS originates from co- coconuts. The chemical is far from being natural. The problem with SLS is that the manufacturing process results in its being contaminated with 1.4 dioxane. <laughs> Our carcinogenic byproduct, which will be discussed in more detail later. Anyway, 
But buying a personal care product that makes you do your own research mm-hmm. health depends on it. Yeah. So, you know, I isn't that a joke? You know can't use anything anymore. And it's that that stuff's like six dollars a, 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 a tube. You know? Four. Huh? Forty five. Oh, you know what? CVS said it, it was like six bucks. Oh, I don't buy it. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Be buying it anymore. Oh, to make up for that horrible thing, let's add, see what homemade toothpaste is, okay? Baking soda. And easy and natural, okay. Saves money, gives you a feeling of accomplishment, and allows you to leave out all the harmful ingredients. Commercial toothpaste is made of, oh, yeah, it takes less than five minutes. to prepare. So what do you, okay. two-thirds of a cup of baking soda. Yeah, one teaspoon. A uh, t- half a teaspoon, one teaspoon of fine sea salt. Yeah. One to two. Direct, you should read the directions. There. Optional direct application of minerals in seawater is great for teeth, but can be left out of if the taste is too salty. One to two teaspoons of peppermint extract or 10 to 15 drops peppermint essential, essential oil. Tilted water add to desired consistency. Here is a breakdown in the cost analysis. Baking soda, a dollar for 16 ounces. Fine sea salt, 22 ounces, $2. Peppermint extract, one ounce, $30. Okay. So, uh, so you made your toothpaste for less than a for about less than a buck and a half. Prior to making your own, you were using Tom's main super. Spearmint gel costing an average of $5 for a 5.2-ounce tube. Based on our calculations, above the same amount of homemade toothpaste will cost between $0.63 cents and $1.39 for 5.33 ounces. Okay. Cost savings is between 4 and uh, 437 to 361 per tube. <laughs> I don't care. All I care about is that they uh, start with these ingredients, or baking soda, Peppermint, essential oil, water, and sea salt. Yes. Mix them all together. Uh, optional salt and peppermint. And add a little water at a time, stirring each in addition until paste uh, reaches desired consistency. Then it's done. Now get rid of the bad, bad breath. Is, isn't baking soda abrasive? Nope. On the relative Denton abrasive RDA scale, baking soda is much less abrasive than commercial toothpaste. Are essential oils safe for consumption? First, you're not supposed to swallow toothpaste. That, that said, uh, some may run uh, down your throat, and most uh, essential oil providers are legally obligated to print, uh, not for consumption, on their packaging. But we use it with confidence. Here is our line of thought. You would rather put the essential oils of a mint plant in your mouth (laughs) or a commercial toothpaste that has poison control warnings on every package. We know what our answer answer would be, but we always encourage people to do what they're comfortable with. Where should we store the paste? In a container of your choosing close to your toothbrush. We prefer to use essential oils in our toothpaste, which should be stored in glass. We use a small glass jar and store out of heat and light so the oils don't degrade. Should we get? Should we each have our own container, or can we share with others? 
If cooties bother you, you can get your own <laughs> container. If not, then don't worry about it. Uh, how do we get it into our toothbrush? Simply our wet your brush, scoop out, and spread on the paste. Yeah, it's just the paste. Does this really work? Yes, I actually like it better than store-bought and find it gets rid of onion and garlic breath better than any toothpaste I have ever used. Where Where can I get it? Any store? Is the toothpaste bad for me? No. Uh, What about fluoride? Don't we need it? Not in my opinion. Research I have done reveals fluoride as a toxic poison. Dentists typically say it's beneficial when applied to the teeth of children, but I encourage you to do a little research of your own. I'm guessing you'll come out holding the same opinion as me. So that's it. And there are so many ways to to make homemade toothpaste. We encourage you to find the proportions and and ingredients for our toothpaste you love, and we even enjoy brushing our teeth with a home tooth powder. Want to go there? Yeah, see the recipes here. Maybe there's some different ones. Uh, a lot of All right. So anyway, good night, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow.